Hello and welcome to episode 21 of season 3 of the Connect2 podcast. My name is Jeff Cullen. And I'm Mark Hughes. Hey Jeff, how are you? Good. Hey, we're using some brand new tech this week and I'm super excited. Yeah, I'm hopeful that everything works Mixcast well. Mixcast 4, which <laughs> means season 4, or whenever. <laughs> we're ready Back for end guests. Of season 3, more we're guests. ready for guests. That's awesome. Yes, that's the, the big thing is to be able to allow us to connect guests. Actually, we can, I think we can even connect zoom guests if we needed to so Ooh, that would be very cool so um yes. so we'll reach out to some famous people <laughs> all right all right all right famous people we have coffee his guest is matthew mcconaughey <laughs> if you hadn't guessed by the pretty good uh pretty good uh impression um today's coffee is by Rosso out of Calgary. Oh, it's called the Day Tripper. Nice. It has come hails from the countries of Guatemala and Indonesia, which are nowhere near each other. Um, supposed to have tasting notes of joy milk, of globalization, milk chocolate, caramel, and strawberry. From Calgary, eh? From Calgary, yeah. I've Canada's seen Rosso is most the, expensive city as of this week. Is that really? Apparently, oh, yeah. Wow. You know what number three is? Edmonton? Yeah. Jeez, there you go. More expensive than Vancouver now. When you take uh, like the whole basket of yeah, I have price a hard index. time with the with the uh, I have a harder time with the uh, uh, accommodation. It's way more expensive in Vancouver than here. Yeah, but power is not. So that's true. Right. Yeah. Thank God we're having a mild winter, or else people would be freezing freezing in their apartments. This is true. So it's well, this be, is quite it's tasty. Be, it's quite tasty. It's yeah. very different. It is a bit bitter. Like a, it's got a bit of a bite at first. Yeah. Not sure I taste the caramel. But I like it. But I do kind of taste the strawberry. Maybe the milk chocolate. Anyway, there you go. Um, any dad jokes? Yeah, it's kind of sick. Knock, knock. Who's there? COVID. COVID who? COVID killed my grandpa. <laughs> I'm just in that strange mood. <laughs> I have sound effects now. Here's another one. Knock, knock. Who's there? Uh, Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's too. What? <laughs> oh, boy. My wife. I'm feeling better. My wife told me to stop making country puns. Oh, why? I, I said Norway. Norway. <laughs> Rest in peace, boiling water. You will be missed. <laughs> and what do you call a one-legged hippo? A hoppo. <laughs> I should have guessed. <clears throat> what do you call a someone who sees a crime at the Apple store? An eyewitness. Oh, jeez. I saw a radio for sale. The tag said, 50 cents, volume stuck on full. And I thought to myself, I can't turn that down. <laughs> anyway, there you go. What'd you learn this week? So here's a very interesting concept. Rogue planets. So apparently, according to a university in Japan, the name of which escapes me right now, and NASA, they've been studying the phenomenon of rogue planets. So a rogue planet would be a planet that either formed uh, is a failed star, so it did not ignite, or because it didn't have enough mass, or it was a planet that was orbiting a star, and then because of gravitational shenanigans got ejected from its orbit, okay? 
You know how many rogue planets they estimate are in our galaxy alone? No. Two trillion. <laughs> and so this is the interesting thing. Now they're beginning to think there's a theory that, that rogue planets might be the source of life on Earth for a number of reasons. First of all, if you start doing the math, a lot of these planets have geothermal. Um, you need energy, the right materials, and um, um, but don't water. You, don't you need like... Uh, to create life as we know it. A star and, to... Uh, no, because there's a couple things that happen. Number one... Like Earth, some of them may have a geothermal um, core, right? And if they have a dense enough atmosphere, particularly hydrogen, uh, 100 times denser than Earth, you would get a nice balmy liquid water uh, surface, even though something was floating in space, if it had the right amount of geothermal energy. And it turns out <clears throat> that uh, satellites, like moons, um, because they compress and... and, and um, um, elongate a planet yeah, yeah that also produces due to the friction a certain amount of heat um the reason they think that this may be the source of life well first of all they do the math right so if there's two trillion rogue planets in our galaxy and then they start, you know they start doing that even if there was like one fraction of a percent right it's still something like 20 million planets that could be harboring life <clears throat> and there's some concern about how quickly life evolved on Earth, we know that life can evolve, um, you know, kind of spontaneously. Mm -hmm. But apparently there is some mystery about how, if you look at how old life is on the planet, it seems to have evolved very quickly. Uh, and this is a bit of a, and then it's got, it got complex very quickly. So this theory is that perhaps some of these rogue planets are, are responsible for panspermia, and that life could have been evolving for billions of years. What is panspermia? Panspermia is the the theory that life on on planets gets. Uh, it basically comes from space, right? So we know that the Moon and Earth and Mars all exchange rocks, right? Just by normal uh, uh, geological um, uh, events. So when there is a a massive earthquake, not earthquake, sorry, volcano on Earth, some of that material actually gets shot into space and eventually makes its way onto other planets uh, in our in our solar system. So there's a belief that life may have come from somewhere else. A lot of people think it might have come from Mars, but this new theory says if these planets are zipping around a galaxy... But how would we have uh, communication with the zipping around? Like, how would they get it onto uh, Earth? Well, these planets apparently are zipping... I mean, if there's that many of them... It's likely that at some point in our in our the history of our solar system, one of them probably came shooting by, and uh, all it would take would be an eruption on it, some geological um, um, event, right? Like, mm -hmm. is it Europa? One of the moons is spewing out vapor into the atmosphere okay. from its ocean, so you know. So mathematically, it's it's an interesting theory. So it's so possible. Rogue, rogue planets. And they, like I said, there may be actually more habitable real estate if you look at the vast number of rogue planets than there would be on on planets that are in, uh, uh, I guess you'd call them regular planets in, in orbit. Fascinating stuff. That's Fascinating. Interesting. That is yeah. very interesting. Um, 
Did you, you learn? Did you ever watch Brooklyn Nine Nine? I love Brooklyn Nine Nine. Andre Brower. 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 Sixty one. Yeah, he's only two years older than I. Me. Four years older than I am. Yeah. Now it said he was a. Uh, he had a brief brief illness. illness. That's very cryptic. Mm, that is very cryptic. Could yeah. be, I don't know. Could be anything. Could be cancer. Although usually it's not that brief. <laughs> could be COVID. Could be COVID, but that's pretty fat. I don't know. Who knows? So, count make every day count, folks. You never know. Uh, yeah, a bunch of people have died. Who else just recently passed away? Uh, singer for the Pogues, was it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, was uh, Shane McGain? McGain? Mm-hmm. And they did, uh, so they had a... Uh, they identified that the the wish for uh, um, from his wife is that uh, they make the uh, uh, fairy tale of New York become in the top whatever of music played this Christmas. Oh yeah, oh, okay. And um, kind of cool. Yeah, it's kind of cool. I'm not sure top of what, top of Spotify, top of whatever. It's interesting. And uh, are you a Spotify, are you a Spotify guy? You know what? I love, I'm recently adopted Spotify. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. I haven't done any of the playlists yet, but just the fact that you can say, hey, Siri, play this, that, or the other thing, and it does it. It's thinking. I know it's going to do it. This, that, and the other thing? Is there a thing? <laughs> there you go. See? There you go. Is to me Star Trek level stuff. <laughs> okay. Right. Uh, yeah. Well, so um, so Spotify is interesting because uh, it's kind of like the big one with um, with uh, music, right? Right now for streaming. Yep. Um, surprisingly, who do you think is number two? Number two would it be Apple Music? No, it's YouTube Music. Oh yes, that makes sense. And apparently, they've uh, been pushing that pretty hard. They've been pushing it pretty hard. Well, it's a Google product, right? So ah, yes, Google has some whoosh. Yes, that's right. So, um, yeah. So anyway, so Spotify, despite being number one, having all kinds of metrics, their CEO just quit, and they've had their third round of layoffs, and uh, they went hard into podcasting. Yes. Uh, paying a lot of money for podcasts. I mean, yep. Like $120 million to Joe Rogan. Yeah. Well, part of the thing is... Or what uh, did they pay uh, uh, Howard Stern even more? Well, it's a lot of money, but basically what they're really trying to do is control the content. So if you play a song by the police or Led Zeppelin or whoever, um, what it does is um, they play it. Now they don't own the content, so the content they have to pay royalties to the content holder, the copyright right. holder. With um, podcasts, they're trying to see. They were trying to control um, who uh, who owned it. They wanted to control. Oh, they wanted to okay. be in charge of it. <clears throat> um, sure, that makes sense. Plus, even though you have a premium account, if you have a premium account, you don't hear ads on the music. But if you have a premium account, you still hear ads in the podcast. Oh, okay. So anyway, it's kind of interesting that uh, for the company that appears to be the juggernaut, 
And so, I mean, I like Apple Music mostly because I bought a bunch of music and right. I've added a bunch of, uh, some, you know, artists and stuff to, I don't want to lose any of that stuff. Right. So, sure. So I'm going to maintain yeah. that. But uh, Spotify is better for playlists, clearly. And, yeah. Uh, randomization i guess right one they just recently came out with the wrapped you heard did you get a wrapped thing no so uh it's not just not just uh spotify but spotify kind of started the basically there's kind of like an annual review of uh how oh. many hours you listen to my son okay. has got some obscene number of hours like right thirty thousand hours of listening to spotify and in a uh, year it, it's some crazy. I don't think we have thirty thousand hours in a year. Well, I, I don't know. It's some crazy number. Yeah. It's like an no, order, we don't order, because order of work... magnitude more than my wife. Okay. So if you work forty hours a week, it's twenty eighty. But he listens to it overnight. He yeah, listens to it while he's. I sleeping. know, but but forty hours a week is one hundred sixty-eight hours a week. Is so there's about thirty-two. Well, I guess it's possible. I guess to be what did I say? 2000 no four times that would be it was about eight hey siri how many hours in a year one year is eight thousand seven hundred and sixty-five eighty-eight hundred years yeah eighty hundred hours okay so maybe uh three thousand hours yeah yeah that makes more sense yeah so uh maybe about a third of his life yeah almost yeah about 33 percent wow so still a lot yeah uh, my wife, uh, yeah, she is her. She's listened to a lot, but it's like an order of magnitude less than wow. My son, uh, and or and it's. Um, Does he listen to the Connect Two podcast? No. Oh boy. <laughs> no. These are my kids. Anyway, let's uh, let's get started on today's topic. So last yeah. week we talked about the Exodal, which is this salamander that has the ability to regrow body parts and right uh, including like the heart and arms and yeah 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 uh, actually be re regenerative um so that gave me got me thinking about the whole um <laughs> the whole thing about uh, life extension oh yes right so i started going down that rabbit hole okay. and then i encountered this guy named brian johnson brian johnson so brian johnson is a tech bro okay he um so he's 46 years old he's in utah or born in utah mm. um basically was mormon right uh, although he left the mormon church yeah i think at like 34 or something like that okay but he founded a thing called brain tree and then it and i think it bought venmo oh venmo everything yeah. and then and then the company was acquired for about um, by PayPal, and he got uh, eight hundred million dollars. So he's a he's not quite a billionaire, but he's very rich. Yeah. Well, give it time. So he started this thing uh, called Project Blueprint. Okay. So I've seen ads for this, but I didn't know what it was. Okay. And now I know what it is. So it is an anti-aging attempt. So Great. he has spent an enormous amount of money documenting him. I, you know, he's got a team of people working with him mm -hmm. to try and slow the aging process. Right. And he's come up with a plan. Okay. 
and it's called Project Blueprint. And you're going, yeah, yeah, everybody comes up with a plan. He's not trying to make money at it. So he's, in fact, offering it free to everybody. Interesting. And it's, uh, initially it sounded, and there's some bizarre stuff that he tried. No, no. Yep. So he tried this thing. So one of the things, if you look at aging, is yeah. that, um, it, so young people, it's not so much young people, um, have some inherent aspect of them that allows them to regenerate faster. Mm. As you get older, you get these cells called senescent cells. Okay. They're just a type of cell for within your body for whatever part that refuses to reproduce. Yeah, interesting. Okay. They call, uh, they're called senescent cells, and basically they kind of toxify the other cells nearby and kind of say like, I'm not reproducing. Maybe you shouldn't reproduce. We should all go on strike. And um, so what happens is as you age, you accumulate these senescence cells. Okay. And uh, in fact, so there's, there's this, so it's what really can help in terms of anti-aging is not so much having youthful blood or whatever added, but as much as having, um, um, getting rid of these toxic senescent cells. Mm, interesting. So um, he tried this thing where he went through six monthly one liter plasma infusions from his son. So he's taking blood from his son. Oh yeah, this is him. this isn't creepy already. They're trading blood. Yeah. Okay. And uh, um, but the idea was, and the idea it's not so much to clean it out as much as dilute. Okay. The senescence. He, he tried it. It made a bunch of news because it's kind of creepy. Yeah. Uh, it, it didn't work. Oh. So he's kind of given up on it. Still going to die. Yeah. Well, so, but the issue is that what he has done, he's done a whole bunch of stuff. He's basically gone and measured every part of his body, like every, every part. Like, and he is open and he print, he publishes all the information about all of it okay so he's he he did this thing where he did a fast and then he sent a camera through his esophagus and it shot like almost thirty-four thousand photos of as it went and made its way out oh, right man. to just uh see the condition of his no he's basically documenting and measuring it sounds crazy but what he's really doing is he's making himself the laboratory right sure and he's trying out a lot of the best and brightest stuff. Right. Uh, to so see. he's like a, he's like a uber rich Tim Ferriss. Yeah. And apparently it costs him $2 million a year to do what he's doing. Sure. So, um, Ray Kurzweil is another guy who's attempting to live forever. Well, I, I don't know that he's trying to live forever as much as trying to slow, slow yeah, things down. He's got a, and his philosophy is super interesting because I think, there's actually something that makes sense to it. Okay. So what he says, um, he says fundamentally your body and your brain or, or your mind more, more correctly are kind of at odds. Hmm. Okay. Um, your body knows what it needs to do in order to, you know, repair and heal itself right. and do all that kind of stuff. But your mind... Well, kind of do stuff that is not good for your body. 
This is true. Which, which, yeah, it's just, which so is very way of looking at it. Yeah. So you'll get cravings for sugar. You'll booze, put off exercise. Yes. Yeah, you got it. Every, all kinds of stuff. So what he's really trying to do. So your mind wants to die. Yes. Or accelerate the process. So what he's trying to do is come up with a protocol that basically if you follow it. Yep. <laughs> um, and you, you basically take your mind's decisions out of the out of the out of the process. Now he has some weird habits. So he gets up at five in the morning. He eats um, he eats his food and it's uh, it's it's vegan um, and it's this complicated. It was somewhat complicated, but it's apparently quite tasty. Okay. And he eats his last meal at eleven a.m. So oh, wow. 5 to 11. So he's... Uh, and then everything else is a fast. Long time fast, yeah. He's not hungry. Right. Right. And there's other people... Calories. Who, yeah. and, and he ends up eating over the course of a month more than 70 pounds of vegetables. Like, wow. It's, it's a fair bit of food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I've, I've read... I've, um, so there's... Uh, I watched a video by some journalists that actually took the diet... Now, the diet also involves, or the protocol involves, basically three components. Um, although you don't have to do all of them. Right. And he's, you know, he suggests you just do some of them and start it and see how you mm. feel. Mm. So, uh, but the, um, but the, uh, so, so the, there's a reasonableness to this, even though it sounds unreasonable. Sure. And, um, but the, the. The two journalists that did it, they were like, uh, they did it for a month. Now, the three parts are exercise. Yep. Which everybody knows is good. And your mind basically says, oh, I don't want to do it today. Right. But it's it's like an hour a day of something. Yeah. Can't wait till January. I'm, I'm, I've been off because of being sick. Very excited to go back. Oh, for the November project. Yes. And working out. I've been doing, I was weightlifting there for a while. Oh, wow. But, yeah. But this cold just... Poof. You know, so um, second part is this diet. So uh -huh. basically controlling the diet. And yep. the third part is supplements. So ah. uh, there are these supplements. Now, here's the catch again. So my wife says, yeah, yeah, yeah. How much is he selling these supplements for? He's not. He's not selling. Like, this is he's just telling free. you. He's just telling he's you telling what it you, is. This is what you need. Right. This is where. Uh, and um, the only thing he is selling is um, he um, is try was trying to find a very good quality olive oil because one of the things you do with this and, and a thing that's important is extra virgin olive oil. Yep. So you can buy the olive oil. That's about it. I mean, cool. there might be some other stuff. Well, the Mediterranean diet, you know, lots it's all, of, a lot of oil. known to be very healthy. So well, it, but it and it, so there's some and it's delicious. Well, well, this is the thing. I read the recipes. That is, they don't sound bad, apparently. And uh, the journalists that took it. So first of all, one guy was like six foot four and weighed like 260 pounds. Okay. Lost almost 20 pounds in a month. Wow. He's six foot two now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he also um, said, you know, he doesn't have a craving for um, for food. Uh, like sugary there's more than enough to eat he says and here's the catch he feels better than he ever felt before it might be worth trying and uh um, i mean we know that like 
like the oil companies, the food industry is just, especially in the U.S., but even here, it's just a big corporate machine with additives and sugar. And I saw a stat that said we eat more sugar in a week than our ancestors used to eat in a year, mm-hmm. right? Just by the fact that they put stuff, sugar and corn syrup and in everything, right? Like, so yeah, we, we definitely are being poisoned once again by this huge, you know, you know, I love capitalism with constraints, but this unconstrained, should we put this in the food? Sure. Who's going to say anything, you know? So, so it's so thing, wild extremes. So the few of the things that he's done that a bit, you know, would be, so he has basically said, if you follow the general blueprint, right. You get 80% of the way there. Oh, okay. And he's really focusing on the last 20%. Sure. The 28. So he says, sure, I'm extreme. So, I mean, I guess part of this is in terms of, you know, we've been doing this profiling of and then deep dives into individuals that are right. A little this extreme. This guy's a little extreme. Sure. He's, uh, I, I suspect he's probably neurodiverse, although nobody's actually said that. Right. Um, but to be that obsessed, like he's doing, so there's certain things he's doing with this 20%. Okay? I bet. So he's getting uh, regular laser treatments on his face and his body to try and deal with skin and heal his skin. And uh, right. he's doing... Um, Never goes in the sun. He, he, he does... Well, he does. He goes out to well, like, need that vitamin D. Yeah, uh, he he also. So I when I watched it, I'm kind of like going like, "What's going on with this guy's hair? There's something weird about his hair." And uh, so he identified that uh, based on his genetics, he should probably be bald by now. Okay. And uh, so what he was really trying to do is slow it down. So he's applying a very specific. Um, treatment to try and uh, enhance his hair follicles. There's some sort of hair laser treatment that basically, so he has, his hair is both still dark and it's um, he has hair, whereas uh, he figures that he started graying in his late twenties. Okay, so now he's forty five and his head of hair is still back dark. to black. Interesting. Back. Yeah. What so, uh, this isn't the guy. Remember about a year ago, there was this whole thing, and I can't remember who came up with it, but Tucker Carlson bought into it, and you were supposed to uh, irradiate your balls with red light. No. Do you remember this? It's not that. Oh, this be- no, but do you no. remember this? This became a trend. I think you told me for like a month. Yeah, no, no, was going, this is not. No, this is not. Ah, get outside and get this red lamp, and no, this, and people were like, yeah, no. what is wrong with you? No, this guy. So, but this guy okay. does not the do, same guy. No, and this guy. So he, he does do the light on his head, mostly for his hair stuff. Okay, sure. But um, I'll buy that. And he's uh, he's tried all kinds of stuff. Right. Uh, some you know if it doesn't work, he moves on. So he's it's all very empirical. So he right. measures everything. Sure. And then he yeah, and that's this is re-measures what, this is what Tim re- Ferriss did, right? Yeah. In fact, he had an insulin pump installed for a while. Yeah. So he was measuring his insulin levels and. Yeah, so these these you become the laboratory, which I guess is, you know, ethically sound. You're like, I'm gonna do it myself and Well and he measures so the the key thing is is he's continuously measuring. So he right. measures himself 
on all of these biomarkers. Right. And there, there are these things you can do to identify kind of the typical age of each biomarker. Okay. So he's trying to see if he's slowing it down or sure. reverting or it. Perhaps accidentally speeding it up. Oh, maybe. Oh, geez. Oops. Stop. Um, yeah. So uh, there's something that say people who live to 100 are like, you know what? I drank a little bit of alcohol. So had, he doesn't have cheat I had a little bit of, you know, I had a little bit of sugar. I had some fun. I didn't stress out too much. Yeah, now I'm 100, right? Well, so he doesn't. Uh, he doesn't have cheat days. Okay. Uh, he doesn't go out eating with people, right? Because okay. it's all very specific. <laughs> ah, it's, this is like Tom Papa. You know that comedian? No. He's talking about people who don't eat bread. He's yeah. like, you don't eat bread. Kill yourself. He doesn't eat bread. <laughs> right? Come on. What kind of life are you living? You don't eat bread. Well, this is the thing. It, you uh, want to die. The food is tasty, but it doesn't, uh, it's not, it's not bread. There is no bread. There's no pizza. There's no going out for wings See, with people. Yeah, there's also, but this is there's more, no, there's more to life than just living an extra 20 years for Christ's sake. Yeah. Like Ricky Gervais had his bit about, you know, he drinks and he smokes. Now he'd lost a bunch of weight and they're like, yeah, but if you don't do that, you can live, you know, an extra 10 years. But he's like, yeah, it's not the good bit, is it? <laughs> I'll get an extra like 20 to 30, right? That'd be worth it. No, I get to live like, you know, 90 to 100 when you're all looking, ah! you know, what the hell's the point? This is, this is, this is a lot of what his point is. He's trying to maintain, and if you see this guy, and uh, I probably have, I have a picture of him, um, or do I have a more recent picture of him? Of course. Well, while you're looking for that. So there was another guy, I can't remember his name now, but he wrote a book, a nutritionist exercise guy. And I think it's the same idea. He drew this graph and he said, look, the average person, right? You live to, let's say, in your 50s. Okay. That's what he looks like. Right. Oh, I've seen this guy before. So he, yeah, yeah his hair is a little right. weird. So this guy's theory was this. If you don't take care of yourself, right, you live to, let's say, in your 50s and 60s, and then you begin this slow decline, right? Picture the graph. Okay? Yep, yep. And he was saying what you should try to do through diet and exercise and similar ideas, maybe not quite as extreme, is to maintain that much higher, so that basically slowing down the graph until it just goes like, totally down right? yeah. like at 92 or whatever whenever it's gonna happen but that was his theory is like you try to maintain as much health as possible vitality exercise you know into your 80s and you know, genetics is gonna play a role and then within a very short period of time maybe days maybe months you know when finally something goes wrong then you just go like and he goes, that's what we should all be striving for. Well, as opposed I, to this 20 years of losing mobility. And, you know, like I look at my mom, you know, her health was terrible for probably the last at least two decades of her life, probably even longer. Right. And that's a miserable, eh, slow decline. Right. It was like, nope, try to keep it up. Then zip. Well, I think that the, would be a good life. I think the thing is, is uh, I don't know what his end game is. Right, because like everybody dies eventually. Um, although there is Unless some, he's there is some suggestion to... that perhaps maybe you could do it so you don't die. Uh, well, that raises a whole question though about like if you look at other religion or, or spiritual 
schools of thought, right? Uh, you know, what is the purpose of being alive? Are we actually just here or is your consciousness actually somewhere else? And this is some place where you're here to learn a bunch of lessons. Therefore, if you never die, you never learn, right? So there's a lot of different ways of looking at that. But I know in our Western culture, we've become disassociated. You know, we're pretending that death doesn't exist and that somehow we can... Well, you do need and there's been a lot of good stories yeah. about people who live forever and who are just miserable because yeah. it's like I'm bored. Yeah, everybody that I know died and now I've done everything and what the hell am I gonna do? Well, so there's uh so I saw this thing and, and again, I started with the rabbit hole of the anti-aging thing. Yes. And uh there was this interesting statistic that basically as you go through life and it was comparing people who were um uh what do you call it when you get to a hundred? A centurion? Uh, like, uh, like yeah. yeah, basically if you get to a century. Yep. Uh, so what, what ends up happening is in, in terms of humans, um, our chances of di dying at any given age. So at, um, at 20, it's like 0.1%. Excuse me. At yep. 60, it's about 1%. Oh, my God. And then when you get to, um, when you get to like 75, like it goes to like 15, 20%. Sure. And then it actually drops off again. Yes, there's some kind of, there's, if you there's, get there's like past this huge sort of bump. There's a yeah. huge bump around the 75, 80-year-old. Right. Thing. And then you're good. And then, you're, then your rate goes much lower again. Right. And um, that your chances are, yeah, that, sure. that it goes. And, and, so and I've been fascinated this, by this idea that as you get closer to 100, your probability has to start going back up again, right? Because well, when you make to 100, you then have 100% probability of making it to 100. Yeah. Well, so. Uh, but well, then your probability of 101 no, is probably chance, still pretty low. It was low. chance of dying. It was not chance of making it to 100. Okay. And uh, the other thing is, is that they compared it to there's this tortoise, and his tortoise will live to like two hundred years old. A tortoise? That's particular tortoise. Yeah, I've heard it's miserable, <laughs> but its chances of dying is the same throughout its entire life. So uh, really, yeah. So uh, so wow. So so there there's something different about how that tortoise renews itself. Sure. That. It's chance of dying. I mean, I think we'll crack dying. that nut biologically at some point. Like it's well, like we were talking about that salamander. If we can figure out, and I'm sure eventually we will, how it regenerates. Um, I mean, I know we're moving into trying to grow organs, you know, with 3D printing, right, and stem cells, and and that's going to be once we got that nailed down, that'll be pretty cool. But it's still a surgical procedure, and you got to grow. If we can figure out how some of these regenerative animals do it, then it's like, oh, yeah, I need a new liver. Boom. Just grow yourself a new liver, my friend. Well, so as as I was saying, I went down this rabbit hole before I discovered about the Brian Johnson guy was that and I figured I figured, uh, you know, they're going to figure this out in the next 50 years, but I'm going to be dead before that. Uh, <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> I suspect that's actually true. I think there, and it's a bit like. Um, well, if we don't figure out the planetary climate thing, we may not, we may not make it that long. So well, it's, we're in a race against. This is the analogy that right? that this Brian Johnson talks about. He says, "We know what we need to do to deal with climate change, 
in the environment. We're just not doing it. We just, we're just not doing it because it doesn't feel good. Because basically the brain is right. fighting the body. COP28 looked pretty shaky. I wouldn't say that it's a great success. Well, it's all of Danielle Smith's influence. <laughs> yeah. With her I entourage. I wouldn't say it's a great success, but this is apparently the first time. They've all agreed. That they've actually put the words fossil fuels in one of these resolutions, right? Yeah. So people are saying it's a little victory, but a victory nevertheless, right? So yeah. like an acknowledgement for the first time ever that, yeah, we might have a problem as opposed to like, well, even at the early stage, the guy from Dubai was like, there's no scientific basis for climate change. People are like, hey, 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 you know, what are you, you want to be president of this? Stop that. So I, I'm taking the, the victory lap where we can get it. Exactly. Right? So good. Yeah, Danielle Smith. Yeah, she was very useful. She's useful in her sure. entourage of 100 people there with whatever the incredible. I love the uh, Saskatchewan had their display little thing that would have cost them seven million bucks. Every picture they had of it, there's nobody there. Really? Yeah. It's like, well, so you go to this global thing, you're going to go hang out in the Saskatchewan booth? Well, you know. You're from Europe. You're like, oh, yeah, Saskatchewan. I've heard of that. I don't know how to spell it. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. That's in, is that up in the, is that up in Lapland? <laughs> no, it's in, it's in, it's in Canada. <laughs> oh, okay. America's, uh. America's toupee. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's a grain toupee. That's right. Um, so hey, if we have any listeners in Saskatchewan, I'm sorry for you. <laughs> well, you there's know, nothing, I, there's nothing wrong with Saskatchewan. Well, I used to, when it's I used to the do government is a little crazy. No, no, but it's it's also relatively speaking because I remember we used to do business plans, and we'd look at Alberta and we look at Saskatchewan, we look at BC. And the numbers for Saskatchewan were always like, like the graph would always be like really positive looking, mm -hmm. like in terms of growth. But then when you look at actual numbers, you're like, yeah, okay. Even if it's like 20% growth, you know, that, that translates to something like, you know, 20,000 units sold. So it's just very small compared to uh, like BC and, and, and even Alberta, right? Yeah. Not a million people there. No. Or there might be now, but be this was like 20 years ago. There was about 850,000 I don't think it's changed people. significantly. Right. In so that's the city of Edmonton living in the province of Saskatchewan. That's right. Right. So. Uh, what else? Uh, so, yeah, so he's doing this Project Blueprint. Okay. I'm going to um, check it out. Um, I mean, we're all looking for better, and the food thing easy is, solutions. The food thing is kind of interesting because it doesn't taste bad. And Does it, he do calorie control? Because I'm supposed to be trying to restrict to 2,400 calories. That's actually about the calories and, that he's looking for. And the biggest problem I have with that, I've done a few apps. No, no, it's just, it's, it's, I'll be honest, I've been a little bit overworked and all that. But, you know, so I've pulled some recipes. But if there was some way that was easy where you could just scan your plate, and because I really have no idea, right? I think I'm trying to restrict how many calories I eat. But at the end of the day, 2,400, 2,700, who the hell knows, right? Mm -hmm. Now, I, I think there is an app. I don't know how accurate it is. You're supposed to be able to take a picture of your plate and it'll give you an estimate. But I think you got to be doing recipes and it says this is exactly how many calories. And if I had that, if somebody gave me like a prepackaged set of food for every day, they were like, here, eat this. I'd do it. This is what this is. 
Okay. That's exactly what this is. So, so basically, uh, there you go. I'm going to check it out. And it's, uh, it's kind of, um, but I might have some bread though. It's intermittent fasting. So you basically start with your breakfast, which is super veggie, veggie, which yeah. is basically cauliflower, broccoli, some mushrooms okay. and a kind of like a hummus, like, oh, yeah. Paste okay. So by, can... by 11, you want to kill yourself. No. <laughs> and th- actually by 11, you'd eat, you, then you would eat the nutty pudding, which is uh, macadamias and uh, either blueberries, raspberries, so strawberries. Because I'm not on the spectrum, could you sustain it? I mean, I could definitely see this for six months, lose some weight, or even like these guys did a month. But for the rest of your life? And then and then there's third meals, and they have examples. There's like okay. a, I'm going to check it out. Asparagus, it's almond called the blue, salad. Blueprint Project. Blueprint Protocol. Protocol. And then uh, checking it out. Orange fennel, a salad, stuffed Ooh. sweet potato. Okay. Um, their All big right. thing is trying to get. It sounds good. His his big emphasis is the trying to make sure that you're using a really good quality olive oil, extra virgin olive oil. And I wonder so. why he's so fascinated with that. He thinks it's cr- critical. And then, then it, so there's the supplements. Obviously. So he says um, the supplements are apparently quite expensive. So if you were to take all of them, it's an enormous, enormous amount of supplements. Right. But you're basically trying to get that extra 20%. Sure. So he's focusing, well, he, yeah, he's, but the supplements, I think you could do a version of you this. You could do like a version multivitamin. We could all use more vitamin D. We know that calcium, although not too much. I don't even know what. And, and one of the things he really likes is dark chocolate. Oh, I've heard dark, antioxidants in. It's really and <clears throat> really pure dark chocolate is supposed to be good for you. Yeah. So right. the cocoa yeah. flavonoids are apparently super important. It, uh, you know, the the it Didn't does you play for the Dodgers. Coco Flavonoid. <laughs> exactly. No, that was Coco Le Boy. Played for the Montreal Expos. So he basically says that he's really trying. So his daily intake is 220, 2,250 calories. Okay, okay. It's vegan. He has a 16 to 18 hour daily fast, which right. is... Now, I would, if I was doing, apparently, according to my metabolism and calculations, and again, it's rough off, off the web, at 2,200, I would lose like a ton of weight quick. I'm supposed to be at about 2,400 to lose a pound, pound a week, pound and a half a week, something like that. Mm-hmm. So 22, I'm, 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 well, I don't know. Maybe I'll try it. So he says, what is healthy chocolate? He says there's five levels. Oh. Level one, chocolate is good for you. A Snickers bar isn't really that bad. Really? Uh, That's not their high quality chocolate. Nope. And level two is any brand advertising is dark chocolate. Yep. Level three is an undutched dark chocolate. Oh. And then level four is undutched dark chocolate tested for heavy metal. What are the Dutch doing to chocolate? Well, it's a process. I know. I'm just kidding. And then there's level five is undutched dark chocolate tested for heavy metals from specific regions of the world with the highest polyphenol density. Ah. So um, it's basically... Not the best places in the world, but... But he basically says that Blueprint is scientifically rigorous. Right. Data slash evidence versus opinion slash fads. Yes. And is a systematic way of being... For him, he says, he gets up, he knows what he's going to have... Right. 
And so you didn't have to think about it. Yes, this and is part so of So it's kind of like this, you just always do the, the same thing. Yeah. And yes, yes, so yes. what my wife's thing is, okay, so what does he do for fun? Yeah, apparently nothing. If, if you're spending all your time well, he is a doing this. Well, he's not anymore. Well, he was. He was. So he's got that Mormon DNA. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I, so it's funny because I said probably polishes his. He's very, mom. he's very disciplined, and <laughs> my wife says that could be considered obsessive. So is David Goggins. I don't know who David Goggins is. The uh, Navy SEAL guy who is uh, extreme athlete. He holds the world record for pull-ups, twenty-five hundred pull-ups in a day. That's a lot of pull-ups. That's a lot of pull-ups, right? Yeah. And uh, he's the guy who has totally ruined his body. Oh, really? But he's oh yeah, his knees. He talks about he's he goes on Joe. He's a African American. He was a three hundred pound loser, self described, until he was about twenty two, and then he decided one day to get his life in order, and he joined the Navy, became a Navy SEAL, tried out for Delta Force. Like the guy is an extreme, extreme I mean, everything. Extreme everything. Like he ran his first hundred mile. Marathon. He signed up for it on a Wednesday, and it, it was on Saturday. And he like begged his way in, and they were like, "You know, you can't do that." And he's just like, "You know, let me try." And and then he he did it. He ran a hundred miles with basically, not that he was out of shape because he'd been obviously training, you know, as a SEAL, but running a hundred miles is still an extreme thing, right? Mm -hmm. And just like, yep, just out of sheer grit, right? So he is an extreme guy. There's a number of these guys that are like that that are these extreme athletes. Um, so he talks on Joe Rogan about having to, they have to extract blood from his knees, you know, just so he can keep running sometimes. They have to, wow. With syringes or pulling blood oh, like, out kidding. of his knees. Yeah. Blood or just because, and it's like totally all the, it's just bone on bone, man. Eesh. He's had some surgeries, it but. It's not sound good. Yeah. But he's known for, he's an inspirational guy. He's written a book. What was his name again? David Goggins. David Goggins. Yeah, he's, uh, I don't know if he's on the spectrum. I don't think he is, but he's just one of these. Well, this is the thing. Is know, it is extreme? It, anytime you have. He talks about hardening your mind. You have people that right? they're on the spectrum and yeah. there's multiple spectrums, but you know. Sure. And then there's people who are considered quote unquote normal. And then there's a whole lot of people in between. In between. So just because. You're a bit obsessive. Doesn't right. mean you're obsessive, compulsive. But no. maybe you are. Maybe. Um, I think. I think this tech billionaire who is was well, not quite a billionaire, but he's pretty close. He's much closer to being a billionaire than I am. <laughs> <coughs> yeah. I'm at the other end. That's right. And uh, uh, but he is basically obsessed about this. Sure. And it appears to be his life mission. Hey. So um, uh, you know, look at Michelangelo. Talk about obsessive guys, right? Yeah. It's all that art. Yeah. So good on you. Um, cool. Well, I'm going to look into it because I have been looking for some kind of, of food regime that, that would be well, like even, easy, even just taking easily accessible. I think right? even just taking parts of it. Like, oh, for sure. Like the intermittent fasting. Yep. Um, one of the things... Um, like I've really cut down on my alcohol consumption. Like My wife has been dry now for over a year. Mm -hmm. She just decided. And the only time I drink alcohol, really, is when my dad comes over for a visit. We'll have a beer. Cause he's Before or after? No, when he's there. <laughs> and when I go out to like a, like a networking, and not even every time, but occasionally, 
that's about it. And we have all this booze at home. Hardly ever gets touched. Yeah, I'm kind of uh, the same. The the, uh, the And I feel good, you know. Well, this is the thing is that uh, so intermittent fasting is well known to be very useful. Yeah. One of the things that's interesting uh, as and again before I started looking at the Brian Johnson stuff was that remember I talked about the senescent cells? Yes. Okay, so th- these are these toxic things. Apparently, the other thing... Is there something to the length of your... I want to say alleles? There's some There's some in the synapses or whatever, or something in the cell. Over time, they get shorter. And um, that's another I, biological thing that we have these... When you're young, they're quite... These things are quite long. And as the cell continues reproduce. to reproduce, they just get shorter... Uh, I, 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 over time, I and did, maybe it I contributes not, to those. I did not see that, that but kind that's, of. Uh, I don't. I can't comment one. Dead way or cell. The other. I'll look into it. Uh, and uh, and honestly, I mean, I'm not an expert, but the interesting thing was, again, I was looking at the anti-aging thing. Right. And one of the things that is uh, well known is that in order to extend your life, right. you kind of need to either starve yourself. Right. Or trick your body into thinking it's starving or freezing because you take like Wim Hof is well it's that stress that. but if you stress your body from the food perspective yeah um, it basically kicks in it, so it's kind of the opposite of what you would think makes sense if you have lots of food whoo I'm good right I don't need to work so hard I can no, live no, no, no. but it's apparently the opposite so you need to have be a little hungry all the time right and that actually kicks in because isn't it when you're full your body's like starts to worry like it would have a hundred thousand years ago oh my god we just had a big meal this is unusual this is my, la- this is my last meal maybe or or Eat more. shit's about to hit the fan here right yeah but but basically <clears throat> so they know that if you stress your body yep. with slightly less calories than right. you than you think you want again yes. this is the mind yes. versus the body the mind your your yeah, body yeah. will kick in these things that will actually prolong but basically kick in some of the systems okay. that can lengthen your life. So, uh, um, he have a book or just a website? He has one coming out. Okay. It's called don't die. Don't die. It's, it's very good cool. advice for everybody. Yeah. If only Andre Brower had followed that advice. <laughs> yeah. Don't like die. anyway, anyhow, media, media, what, <clears throat> what media have you been consuming? You know what? I'm super excited about this. Um, and this is why I was suggesting we could have a discussion after in the new year about misogyny and social media and, and culture. Mm-hmm. We watched Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. And okay. after having heard so many negative things, because it's on, on Disney Plus now, mm-hmm. <clears throat> they didn't make it too big a deal out of it being on Disney Plus, but we watched it. And it was great. And I really enjoyed it. Oh, that's awesome. I did not find, and I, w- I went into it expecting the worst, right? Because I'd heard all of this. Oh, uh, a Phoebe Waller-Bridge is emasculating Indy and all of this negative stuff, right? And in the end, he does this bad... You know what? To me, the story was good. It made sense. He's playing... Well, Harrison Ford is 80. If you do the math, Indy would be a little bit younger, but well into his, like, late 60s or 70s. Again, it's set in the 1960s, so people used to be... act older back then, right? Mm -hmm. And... I just thought this is a character who is acting like you would expect somebody who is 
an older guy to behave, right? He's still active. There's a really good scene where they're climbing up something and he's just like, he stops, right? And she's like, what's the matter? And he's like, I'm just contemplating why I'm 40 feet above the ground, you know, doing this at this age, right? And she's like, oh, come on, Indy. And he's like, yeah, yeah, look, you haven't drank the blood of Kali or been, you know, tortured by voodoo or, right? You're half my age, right? Yeah, yeah. And again, it, it did not strike me as being mocking or, or in any way diminishing the character. He's a guy who is an older man, right? He's yeah, yeah. still running around. And I thought it was, I was so pleasantly surprised. And then there was all this talk about her being this insufferable Mary Sue. Again, I didn't get that. Like she just came across as an interesting character. Well, here's the, here's the ultimate. At the end of the movie, I thought, that character could have easily been played by like a man. They could have made her character a man and it would have been exactly the same and it would not have been any way noteworthy, right? Uh, so she was feminine in a way, but kind of in a very action-packed, you know, sort of assertive, mm -hmm. just like a strong character. But I didn't really get this whole vibe of like, oh, she's totally taken over for Indy. I, I was blown away. It was so much better than the fourth one. I'm like, this is a great way to end that Indiana Jones, what would it be? A, not a quadrology, but it would be a pent pentology. Five? Yeah, I thought great ending to the character, great ending to, the, to that, makes up for that shitty fourth movie. I was blown away, totally expecting I was going to be like, oh, this is as bad as I said. Not in any way, shape, or form. It was good, really good. Interesting. Yeah. Well, so um, I haven't really been consuming a lot of media. I've been watching more YouTube stuff related yep. to well, a bunch of different stuff. I'm trying to figure out how to properly do triptychs. I've Ooh. been photographing. Uh, I photographed a bunch of dogs on the weekend. I saw your your. You have some prints. I've got some really good stuff. Impressive print. They're yeah. really impressive looking. Those so cute. <laughs> and uh so i've been like preoccupied with that stuff plus mm -hmm. i've got a contractor in my house so mm. it uh, uh right redoing your old bathroom right yeah we talked your wife and i talked about the clawfoot tub yeah how there really isn't much you can do with those because you got to re-enamel them but that doesn't really last exactly and so uh, i guess one of the things we were kicking around is like you just put dirt in it and plant some flowers in it that's about all you can do well, uh, we have a neighbor who had a friend who wanted the tub, so we just said, How about take it, it away, because yeah. it's 300 pounds. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And I spent time trying to figure out how to use this new mix board, so we'll either have to re-record re Oh, that'd be terrible. Or, uh, or we're uh, This has we're been set. some good stuff. Um, and, um, yeah, that's about it for me. Yep, that's all I got. Oh, I've been watching uh, The Haunting of Bly Manor. Oh, I've never heard on of that. Netflix. Is it good? Another one of these Netflix produced shows. Yeah, there was The Haunting of Hill House a couple years ago, and this is a new one. It's, you know, from a new production, it's really got that that feel of like a 70s horror movie. Okay. Where it's just a foreboding big house and set in England. And it's, uh, I've only watched the first episode, and, and it kind of freaked the hell out of me. So I'm... Uh, I'm taking it one step at a time. Super excited for season two of Reacher, which starts in three days. Actually, it there's might actually start tomorrow. Okay, and there's what? Uh, uh, so we're recording it on a 
Wednesday. Yep, so I think December 14th, it comes out a day early. There's also What uh, If is coming out. Yes. The new season yep. of What If. Still haven't watched Loki season two. But really? No, we're going to watch it over the Christmas break because the kids have just been so the busy. The whole thing? You haven't watched any of it? We watched the first two episodes. Okay. So I, I know it's good. Well, it yeah. has a it has a nice a nice bow. It ties everything into a bow. Nice, cool. So and uh, yeah. Anyway, there you well, go. have a great week. Let me know about the uh, recording and uh, <laughs> see if we uh, actually get this one in the can. And then if we, we do, do, we can have guests. There you go. Okay. Thanks. Take bye. Care, bye.